0: I think you really have to imagine um, all the steps that might trip up the customer. Everyone says, you know, put yourself in the user's shoes. Um, I think it all comes down to that. Really imagine yourself doing it, you know, going through everything. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast, where Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world, and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode.
1: Okay. 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 Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Hannah Gilberg, User Documentation Director at Navis. Welcome, Hannah, to the Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, very good. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, and once again, I would like to apologize for making you to awake, uh, to be awake at such an early hours. But thank you so much for connecting with us today to share your experience. Uh, so now, uh, so Hannah, uh, let me just let you introduce a little bit more about yourself and your um, uh, initial experiences with documentation. How did you uh, start this journey? Uh, well, uh, first, right now, um,
0: I run the documentation for uh, a company in, in Oakland, California that, um, that manages cargo logistics. Um, and be, before I started working for them, I had uh, gone through a technical writing program, a master's program. and it was it's very different from what I imagined I'd be doing uh, when I was in college. Um, I thought I wanted to be a writer, you know, I wrote short stories, and I I had this idea I'd get a job in publishing, like as an editor, so, um, you know, I tried that, and it was very difficult breaking in, and the pay wasn't very good, Um, so a friend of mine had been going through this master's program, and it seemed like something that would appeal to me. It, It combined both writing, and graphic design, and business, um, so I enrolled. And it's funny that you asked this question because um, well, now when I'm interviewing uh, for new tech doc candidates for my team, this is a question that I ask as well, because it's really interesting. People come to technical documentation from all different fields. The answer is never the same. <laughs> true. Very
1: true. Yeah. Okay, super. Uh, so, um, so how was your documentation process at Navis, uh, Henna, and who do you normally get involved in defining such processes?
0: Well, um, you we we use Authorit to maintain our content, um, and from Authorit we publish to WebHelp, um, and then that WebHelp is built into the application. And hosted on our Salesforce support site. And we also post our content as PDFs. Um, but as far as like how we actually get that content together, of course, we, we work with the engineers. We, um, we use Agile at our company. So each of our uh each of our writers handles two to three agile teams. Um, and we use uh, Jira, the Atlassian bug tracking tool, as uh, kind of like our our central focus for how we manage the beginning of all the content. So basically, it all starts from a Jira issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so be- and the Jira issues are marked for which Agile team they are for. So we can just create these dashboards to track what we have outstanding and we have our own tab for tracking all the information that we need against that issue. So we can see, you know, which ones need a a release note, which need doc updates, which have critical actions like schema changes that need to be communicated. Um, We've created our way to just manage our whole workflow alongside the engineers from within the same issues that they're using for themselves.
1: Fantastic. I think that that was my next uh, uh, question. Like, how do you manage your documentation workflow? So I'm guessing it's all uh, it all comes as part of the whole documentation process. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, I know there's lots to consider when creating documentation, right? So according to you or your company, uh, what are the important factors to consider when creating documentation, Hannah?
0: Well, I, we have a lot of content. If you were to publish out everything, it would be, you know, around 10,000 pages of content. Um, So, The the critical thing for us is to be able to make things findable. Um, We have everything bundled into one compiled uh, help set kind of like a knowledge base. But um, what's interesting is that you might have information, but if you haven't created, if you haven't given the topic the right heading, or if it's not in the area where people would expect it, uh, it's really easy for, for users not to not be able to find the information. So um, I use our, our case reports from Salesforce to identify those cases that really the, the customers should have been able to find because the information was there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, in some form, it was there, but you know it was just maybe we didn't use the right terminology or maybe we needed to create a, a troubleshooting topic that identified that gotcha that the user encountered that otherwise was just buried at the bottom of a, of a topic you know in a note. So um, I don't think it's enough to say well yeah it was in the in the documentation it, it has to be it has to pop up you know close to the top when when uh, a user is putting in a, a search or else it's not, it's, they, they're not going to find it. It's like, it's not there.
1: Yeah. understand. So that, that that's good. Yeah. Um, so mostly um, customer search is one of the main factors you cr- consider when creating documentation. Yeah. All right. That's good. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your team, uh, Hannah. So um, can you help me understand how big is your documentation team? Uh, sure. So there's <clears throat> excuse me, there's
0: like a total of eight of us right now. We also have a, a contractor, but five um, of the writers are in India and uh, three of us are in Oakland.
1: Okay, super. So how does how do you report on your documentation or what do you consider while reporting on um, uh, documentation? and who do you report to, please?
0: Uh, Our team reports into QA, well, it's referred to as shared services. So it includes QA DevOps and documentation. Um, And basically what I'm looking at is uh, cases that could have been deflected uh, with better documentation. So those are the numbers that I'm tracking. And also um, uh, Jira issues that come in uh, from cases that um, could have been could have been avoided with documentation. Absolutely. And we also look at CSAT. Um, we run um, customer satisfaction surveys every year, and we have a, a, a small group of uh, topic or quest questions that uh, have to do with uh, customer enablement. So we look at that as well.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Um, so in your opinion, um, what has been the most important innovation when it comes to document tracking? Um, it could be during your career or something that uh, really um, made you to, you know, that wow moment, the most important innovation.
0: Ah, um, <laughs> the the thing that really um, moved the needle for us, <laughs> to use a phrase, was integrating our documentation with um, our Coveo federated search um, on our support site. So when customers search on something, when they go to support and you know uh, just put in a keyword search, our whole body of documentation is now included in that. Before it wasn't because uh, the way that Salesforce is set up, you can't actually build in um a uh, help set they they use knowledge articles not um compiled help sets so we had all this rich information added into uh, customers searches uh and that really that changed everything um and it just it was interesting because at the same time that we into we introduced um this this uh search um our overall CSAC scores started to go up. Um, it, that may have been coincidental. I mean, our enablement um, uh, scores were, were going up as well, but it did seem like customers were really responding to the ability to have easy access to all that content rather than just downloading everything or searching on it um, from the application.
1: hmm Super, Um, and uh, uh, so I know you, we spoke a lot about uh, uh, customers being able to find your documentation uh, before even they raise the support ticket, so is your documentation publicly available to to general public, or is it only for your customers? It's only for the customers, yeah, so you
0: can't do a a Google search on it.
1: Okay, so no organic search traffic can be generated? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
0: You have to log in first um,
1: okay. to the site. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, do you have a personal philosophy when it comes to the documentation process? Um, of course, you did tell me mention that uh, customers, um, what they look for goes as a main factor. But uh, any personal philosophy when it comes to the whole process?
0: Yeah, I, I think you really have to imagine... Um, all the steps that might trip up the customer. I mean, everyone says, you know, put yourself in the user's shoes. Um, I think it all comes down to that. Really imagine yourself doing it, you know, going through everything. If you're not going through it yourself to, to try to figure out where there could be any ambiguities, um, that's the critical thing. Well, the reason why it's—I mean—it seems obvious, but because we're working on a pretty complex documentation set, um, the software is complex. We're getting a lot of information from engineers. I I think that there's um, an incredible uh, tendency for uh, writers that are under the gun to just push push forward. And words that have been given to them by the engineer and that that you really need to step back and ask yourself does this make sense to me and make it make sense ask the questions so that it makes sense make sure that all of your questions are answered and that the the content flows in your mind you can imagine one point going to the next
1: mm-hmm Fantastic. And again, uh, we spoke quite a lot about uh, customers and looking after them and making sure they get what they want and if not, give the right content, right? Uh, so, do you believe there is a way to connect with the user by connecting with the content first?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think that there's this fine line, like if you are too, too close to the functionality, um, you can often miss those things that could trip up the user. Um, So I think that, you know, you do need to get your hands on it to be able to identify all the things that would be confusing. Um, But I I feel like it's important to have kind of like a beginner's mind, um, because that's how the user, the user who's new to the feature, that's that's the state they're going to be in are they're, they're not going to make you know, any assumptions that uh, the engineer might make when uh, using the software.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Super, uh, Hannah. Um, so my next question is, um, you've been a director of user documentation at Nevis for about a year now, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Obviously, your first year in that position took place during the pandemic. Um, so what techniques and innovations have you implemented in that time to help your team stay motivated and focused?
0: Uh, yeah, this is a really good question. And mm-hmm. when I listened to podcasts in the, the, the past year, this is what I, these, this is what I was looking for at Tips for doing this. Um, I try to do something creative with the team that what we're doing now is that we are working on what what are called exquisite it's called an exquisite corpse mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it kind of sounds awful but basically we take turns writing a story one you know each each time period we meet every two weeks as a as both teams together uh, one person will start uh, a story and then it's handed off to the next one and each one adds to it oh. um and so, by you know, by the time all of us have filled in something, we have like this really interesting little story that we've created together, and then the person who started it can see what happens. You know, they had their own idea in their head of how it would unfold, and um, it turns into something completely different. So it's a way <laughs> to kind of like be engaged together and do something creative, and um, just be aware of. Um, how other people are thinking about things when we introduce something.
1: Yeah, true. So, the, does the conclusion is given to the person who initiated the story, or do you decide to stay with the conclusion who overwrote it?
0: Oh, so the the conclusion is written by the last person in line. We kind of like rotate. So, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That sounds very interesting. (laughs) Super. So I think uh, we are to the rapid fire round now. Um, So just three questions um, uh, to go. Uh, Who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career?
0: Uh, You know, I've learned the most from Salesforce. Um, Our company uses Salesforce. And so uh, I had the opportunity to see their documentation and I really, really, really uh, love the way they organize their content, their their release notes for the, the season releases. Um, in fact, I actually reached out to one of their writers just to ask them about how they created their API documentation. And um, on their site, they have a, I think it's through Trailblazer. Trailblazer is wonderful, by the mm-hmm. way. I, th- I think it's just really good. And they have um, a section where they describe their their tone their writing tone for you know guidelines for writers who want to write for trailblazer and so i had our our writers look at that because i just thought it was great
1: fantastic so salesforce great so uh, you did mention that you listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, so can you share a documentation related resource you have consumed recently
0: yeah actually uh just last week one of my writers got um a missing dll error (laughs) and she when she was publishing so this isn't a podcast so you know it's but it's like actual documentation that um i i ended up finding for her and you know just to research it was just trouble troubleshooting and it solved her problem and um and it was nothing glamorous you know the the page itself wasn't that fancy, but it made her, it made the problem go away. So mm-hmm. I really appreciated that, that
1: we were able to just, you know, look something up and solve a problem. Fantastic. That's great. So I think this is the uh, favorite question. A lot of my guests enjoy answering. So what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, realize that everyone is solving problems in this line of work. Um, and you should always expect problems because we work in a field that is filled with them. Um, you know, what will set you apart is your ability to ask the right questions. Just be dependable. That's actually that, that means a lot, just sticking with it and just keep trying to solve all those problems and um, you'll do
1: fine. Fantastic. Great. That, I think um, I've not heard many guests talking about uh, this um, point, Hannah, so that, that's really good. Thank you. Um, anything else I have missed to ask you today that you would like to share with our audiences? Um, well, no. I mean, I think that this, you know,
0: Uh, I was thinking to share with uh, the the team about how we use this content quality criteria. Um, We we have this way of ensuring that our quality is really high by um, having like a list of various criteria that each topic has to meet. And they basically focus on the areas of um, clarity, coherence, and completion, um, so it's to, it's the way to let the writers know when they're on the mark or off the mark with their content. I think that this is this has also become a very important thing to to ensure our content is is high quality.
1: Fantastic, that that's great, and thank you for sharing this uh, additional information, Hannah. So uh, once again, um, it was great connecting with you, and uh, you did share. Um, some of the valuable points like uh, putting customers' um, requests first and making sure uh, that support tickets are to be kept minimum by providing the right documentation. So uh, it's an amazing journey. And uh, uh, as I mentioned, um, your innovative ideas during the pandemic time is definitely something to appreciate, Hannah. So uh, enjoy the rest of the day. And once again, thank you for connecting with us. Well, thank you, Gauri.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge-Based Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.